As a community, First Baptist Belton exists for the purpose of knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. Come join us on Sundays at one of our worship services at 8.30 or 11, and for Bible study at 9.45. We hope today's message encourages and strengthens your faith in God. You'll take your Bibles and open them to Romans chapter 9. I appreciate the willingness of Steve Vernon to give us some time last week to visit about all this. As we think about global missions, uh, last week thinking about the challenge of North America, today we want to talk about the challenge of, of Texas. This started on January 26th with our exciting service, the multilingual service, and we'll conclude on March the 1st, so this, this series will go a, a bit longer I love Texas. I love Texas very much. Uh, as most of you know, I was not born here. But as the saying goes, I got here as soon as possible. And I never dreamed when I crossed the border for the first time into this state that I would never leave, at least as far as my residence was concerned. I met a Texas girl. We married. That sure sealed the deal. And we've been here ever since in this great state. I've lived in 11 different houses or apartments, BOQs in Texas. Um, and then together, Sharon and I have lived in eight different houses and apartments. But the great joy for us has been for 31 years we've been here. Two different houses in this community. And so we love Texas. By the way, maybe some of you got this who aren't native Texans. I got a certificate in September of 2015 from the governor's office. And it said, in recognition of the fact that you have been living in Texas for over 40 years, I wish to declare to you upon authorization of the state legislature that you are now a Texan. And the vote to authorize this was 52 to 48. That really didn't happen. But I feel like a Texan now. It took a while, I think, for some Texans to admit that I'm a Texan. But I love this state. And I love the land. It's so diverse and so beautiful. But it's really not the land that I love that much. It is, it's the people. I just think there's something about Texans that is uh, special and unique. And if you were born elsewhere, I hope, like me, you've come to understand and recognize that. Paul, the Apostle Paul, loved his people, Israel. And so I want to read to you this morning a passage of Scripture. And I'm not trying to uh, take this passage and say Texas is like Israel, but what I do want to take is this passage and say, here's the love Paul had for his people that was such an incredible love that he was willing to do the unthinkable to reach them. What are we willing to do to reach Texas? For Jesus. So we've not stood in a while in our reading of the scripture, so I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 9, and we're going to read the first five verses. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship, 
there's the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. Be seated, please. Lest I forget, please pick up one of these books at the table underneath the map if you've not already done that when you leave today. It's very important for our mission work this year. Now, the first thing I want to say about this text and about our subject is this is shocking. When when I read this passage of Scripture, this, when I first came to understand what Paul was saying, something inside of me quivers every time I read it. And this morning's no exception. For lest you're not sure what Paul was saying in the text, let me bring it into the language that we speak today in 2020. Paul said, I would go to hell for eternity if my going to hell would bring about the salvation of my people Israel. Now, I want you to let that whirl around in your mind for a moment. That is exactly what he meant when he said, be cut off completely from Christ. That means hell. And that's what Paul was saying. That is shocking. Now, if you'll allow me to be honest, I'm not there. I'm sorry, I'm not there. I'm not Paul. I'm not there. I love Texas. But would I go to hell for Texans? most of whom I've never even met? Well, what I'm thankful for this morning is that I don't have to answer that question. For the way of salvation has been provided by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is the only way for a person to be saved. But surely, as we reflect upon Paul's words and the challenge of Texas, surely we can come to some conclusion about what we would do what I would do, what you would do, what we would do as a people to meet the challenge of our state of Texas. Israel, Paul said, is privileged, blessed, for theirs is the Word of God, the prophets, the temple worship, the great promises of God. And Paul looked at his own people and said they are blessed, yet at the same time, Most of them did and do reject Jesus Christ. Texas is blessed. The gospel has been preached here for in excess of 200 years. Some of the greatest churches in the world are located in Texas. Yet the majority of people in Texas, in spite of those privileges, do not know Jesus. Some because they've never heard which is astonishing to us. How can someone live in what used to be called the buckle of the Bible belt and yet not know anything about Jesus? But it is a reality. We see people every day who do not know anything about Jesus except that maybe they've heard somebody use his name in vain or they think he's something associated with the church, but they know very little about Jesus, and it is astonishing. So as we think about the challenge of Texas, I want to leave with you these thoughts for this morning. First this, this is up close and personal. 
This is up close and personal. Now, we know as Christians we are to love all people, and, and I know we do. We love Asians, we love Africans, we love Europeans, we love South Americans, we love North Americans, Australians, we love North Americans who come from places other than Texas, including California, New York, Florida, New Jersey, Washington, and other places. We know we are to love all people, and I know we do. You demonstrate that in your praying and your giving. But Texas is up close and personal. All 30 million of us. And the astonishing thing, if you'll get your arms around this, is that by 2045, 25 years from now, most of the people in this service will still be here. By 2045, Texas will have between 50 and 55 million people living in our state. You like I-35 now? Just wait. And the reality of the matter is that those additional people coming to Texas will not be spread out evenly from, from Amarillo to Orange. The bulk of them will be along the I-35 and I-45 corridors. In fact, you can draw that triangle from Fort Worth and Dallas down 35 through our community, down 45 all the way to Galveston, and make a triangle out of that, and the bulk of those 55 million people will live in that corridor. We are right in the middle of it. It is amazing to contemplate. Now, I've had some people say to me, oh, I don't like that. Okay. The 55 million people who are going to be here don't care whether you like it or not. They are here and they are coming. The question is for us, what are we going to do to get ready and what are we going to do to respond to the lost people who are coming to Texas, not to mention those who are already here? So that leads to the next thing I want to say, and that's this. These are our people. These are our people. We are diverse. In this room, we're diverse. Some of you are native-born. Some of you were born somewhere else in the United States. Some of you were born outside the United States, and now you're here. It's a diverse state in so many ways. A little children's song that we used to sing, Red and Yellow, Black and White and Brown each one precious in his sight, all in the state of Texas. Some of you are part of a multi-generational family that's been in Belton or Bell County or Central Texas for generations. Others of you just got here. But all of us are part of the fabric of Texas. Now that leads to the next thing that I want to say, and that's this. This is where we begin. This is is where we begin. We serve Jesus passionately here according to our mission statement. We serve Jesus passionately here and we share Jesus globally. And let's not forget that Belton, Bell County, Central Texas and Texas are part of the globe. Therefore, when we say we share Jesus globally, we're not just talking about India or China or Moldova or Haiti, we are talking about Central Texas. 
follow it scripturally. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Follow the book of Acts and see the progression. And so we begin here. Call this our Jerusalem, if you wish. But from here, we spread out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We do not forget our own community. And if you're wondering what are some of the things that we can do, they're in the book, pages 11, 12, and 13, are some of the things that our church is already involved in. You can join in and be part of meeting the challenge of Texas. The next thing I want to say is this. This is where we spend our time. This is where we spend our time. Right here. We work here. We go to school here. We live here. This is where we spend our time. I'm going to take a couple of mission trips this year. We may take a vacation. We will take a vacation. We don't know yet where we're going. It may be in Texas. It may be out of Texas. But the bottom line is about 48, 49 or more weeks of this year, I'm going to be in Texas. And most of you will also. This is where we spend our time. And so... Surely, if we're going to go around the world to tell people about Jesus, we'll start right here and tell people about Jesus. I looked up some statistics. I looked up a lot of statistics this week, and I'm not going to give you even one-third of them. But, but I asked a question. I Googled a question and said, how many Texans go to church each Sunday? I was really pleasantly surprised at the answer. According to the Pew Research Organization, which really focuses on churches and religious organizations, 42% of Texans, at least say, 42% of Texans go to church on a weekly basis. That's awesome. So I thought, wait a minute, is that really right? So I thought about my own neighborhood. And I started saying, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no, no. And when I I finished, it was 40% go to church on a weekly basis. So I said, okay, that validates the entire research, all all of it. Maybe, maybe not. Out of our current population, that means that about 12.6 million are in church almost every Sunday. But don't forget, that means 58% are not. And many of those 58% are never. And so we have a tremendous challenge before us. The next thing I want to say is these are our cities. These are our cities. I, we are responsible. We can't expect Arkansans or Tennesseans or New Yorkers to reach our cities. We are responsible for reaching our cities. Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, El Paso. Those are our biggest cities. We have a responsibility and a challenge to reach our cities with the good news of Jesus Christ. These are our cities. And no, I don't live in one of those cities currently. I have lived in three of them. But I don't live in any of them now. But I am still, as a follower of Christ, in some way responsible, not alone, but partnering with other followers of Christ to reach our cities because that's where the bulk of the people are located. Our grandson Bennett, sitting right here in the front row, many of you know Bennett, when he was a little bitty guy, I don't remember, three or four years old, 
He just announced, just made an announcement to the family, when I grow up, I'm going to live in Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, may have been somewhat sports-driven, Cowboys, Mavericks, Rangers. But he said, I want to live in Dallas-Fort Worth. Well, he's 10 years old, and he's still saying it. He's had plenty of time to back off of that, but he's still saying it. I want to live in Dallas-Fort Worth. He's even picked his college. Don't think he's picked his wife yet, but he's picked his college. And he knows he's got a plan, so we'll see how that comes out. But I thought, you know what? If he does end up there, then he will have, as a follower of Christ, a responsibility to reach his own Dallas-Fort Worth community. But we also here have that responsibility. We, we were driving up the interstate two, three years ago. He's still a little chump sitting on his booster seat in back of me. And, you know, you go up I-35, and there, you reach a point where you can see the skyline of Dallas. It just kind of jumps up at you. If you've ever driven, you cannot have missed it. And so we get to where we see the skyline of, of Dallas. And all of a sudden, from the back seat, I, I look, and he's leaning forward and gesturing with his hands. And he said, look at that. Look at that. Isn't that the most beautiful thing you have ever seen? The wow. Dallas skyline. Way to go, buddy. I hope you'll choose Fort Worth, but then that's that's another matter. We've got to have a passion for Belton, for Bell County, for Central Texas, but also for Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, El Paso, the big cities. For that's where so much of, of what happens in our state is dictated in those big cities. So we have a responsibility. Next thing I want to say is this is where investment in people is most long-term. Texas. This is where investment in people is most long-term for us. Why? Because most of us are here and most of us are going to stay. Most of us, 25 years from now, will still be living in Texas. And so this is where investment in people is most long-term. Our staying is part of the reason why the population is going to reach 50 to 55 million by 2045. And so reaching people in Texas who will in turn reach other Texans, who will in turn reach other Texans, is a challenge and a must for us. Next thing I want to say is this. This is likely where our impact is greatest. That's not to minimize the impact we are having and will have in other places, but this is where our impact is greatest. Why? Because we're here. Very simple answer, we're here. Which leads into the next thing, this is where we can see the results most clearly. Why? Because we're here. Now, some of you are saying, I was here last week, Pastor, and I heard you talk about North America, and I heard you talk about our planning a church in a send to city, S-E-N-D, like New Orleans or, 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 or Denver or Detroit or the other big cities of, of, of North America. I heard you say that, Pastor, and then I've looked ahead in the book, and I see that next week you're going to be preaching on the challenge of the world. So you're going to stand up here and talk to us about reaching uh, India and China and Indonesia and Haiti and Moldova and Kenya and Uganda. And okay, Pastor, which is it? My answer is all of it. All of it. Now, you may be thinking, we can't do that. Well, don't worry about telling me. Telling me is not important. 
Just tell the Jesus who said, go into all the world, make disciples of every nation, and while you're going, I'll be with you every step of the way. Tell him we can't do it if you want to. But I don't think you want to do that. What I'm saying today is Texas is important. Now, the entire country recognizes that Texas is important. We are the second most populous state in the union, and we're a whole lot better place to live than the state that's number one. The nation realizes Texas is important. There's no denying that. But we look at it from a different perspective. Yes, it's important. It is our home. This is where we live. But we also look at it from the perspective of the challenge that is ours of reaching Texas with the gospel. So I bring this to the last thing by asking a question, what do we do? What do we do? Paul said, I'd be willing to die and go to hell to save my people. Oh, my goodness. So what did he do? Everywhere he went, he first went to his own people and told them that Jesus really is the Messiah. So we take that and translate it to our culture and say we have a responsibility right where we are to tell Texans about Jesus. So I want to leave with you four P's, four P's in a pod as we get ready to go. The first is pray. Uh, Dr. Vernon on the video talked about the importance of prayer, and it is. Pray for Texans, pray for Belton, pray for Bell County, pray for Central Texas. And as you do, ask God to do what only he can do. And then add to that prayer, and if it pleases you, use me. If you'll say that, he will. The second P is partner. Now, all this is overwhelming when you think about 30 million Texans now and soon to be 50 to 55 million Texans. And it, there's nothing on the horizon that says that that will ever stop going except the second coming of Christ. It's, it's overwhelming. We can't do it by ourselves. and We don't have to do it by ourselves. We partner with other churches. There are over 5,000 Baptist churches, and we also partner with other like-minded evangelical churches across our state to share the good news, to minister to the needs of people. To give to the global mission offering, which you have the opportunity to do all year long. And I know you will. I, I, I don't know how many of you paid attention to this. It, we haven't said a whole lot about it, but Brother Jason's mentioned it and we'll be doing that again. But we took on a partnership with the new year, the new budget. We took on a new partnership of a church plant in El Paso. It's called Sun City Church. I've got their prospectus right here in my hand. They're two young men and their families who have gone to serve as pastors, and they've been working there for a number of months, and they launched. They had their first service a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the one pastor is Brant Small. The other is Tom Sil- Sylvia, and they have gone from First Baptist Church in Sulphur Springs, Texas, to El Paso to plant this church and what we're doing right now is praying and giving. We're, we're giving some of our budget money to help them reach El Paso. Now, there'll probably be more for us to do in the future. They're probably going to have us come out and do something with them. We'll see. But, but understand, that's the beauty of the partnership. Sulphur Springs is the lead church on this. But they have said, we'd love for you to be a part of it. And we are a part of it. And, and we'll keep you informed of them as they, as they grow and mature. And they've gotten off to their first two weeks to a great start.
So whatever it is you're able to do, understand you're doing it with other partners, not only in this church, but all over the great state of Texas. The third P is participate. Do what you can do. Page 11, 12, and 13 of the book, participate. And the last is plant. I, I use the word plant like we planted Renewal Church in, in, in North Belton. By the way, Renewal does not desire to be a mega church. written into their initial documents are that they will reach a certain size and then they will plant and then that church will plant. And so it will end up being a, a multiplicity of church plants somewhere in, in central Texas. And so we also have this, this vision of planting again somewhere in the, in the area, planting in, in Ascend City, cooperating, partnering with others to, to plant in our state of Texas. Can't do all that today. But we can get started today by praying and being obedient. Our missions committee is doing the lion's share of the work under the guidance of Dr. Gish. And as time goes by, they'll present specifics to us of here's what we're ready to do, here's where we're ready to go. But, but, the, but the bottom line is to remember that, church, we're not here to simply come together on Sunday morning for worship in Sunday school and then go home and then next Sunday do it all over again. There's more to being a church than that. Now, I don't want to wear you down. I, I know you have had more thrown at you in the last two or three years than one church ought to have to swallow, I suppose. So, I, it, you know, budget and missions and faithful God, faithful future in the hilltop, all of that, that's a lot to throw at one body of believers. But I want to say to you, you're stronger than you think you are. And you are capable of more than any of us have ever dreamed, not because the strength is in you, but because the strength is in Jesus. So I'm asking that you look to him and trust him and then obey him. And we'll try to do that as a church. I want us to be ready for the future. I I used to think about often about when I would leave here, uh, retire. And you know... I mean, I'm getting older, so the time is coming. But often I would think about that, and I would say, that on that last Sunday, I want to be able to look out on the congregation and say, at least to myself, if not to the congregation, we are ready for the future. I'm not real sure I can say that yet. So I want us to get ready for the future. Are you familiar with the word Tsunami. We all remember the disaster of the tsunami in 2004, the day after Christmas in Indonesia and India, other tsunamis around the world. Well, I just want to tell you, there is a tsunami coming to our community. It's a tsunami not of water, but it's a tsunami of people. They're coming. You can like it or not like it, You can resist it or not resist it. You can get prepared or not prepared. In any case, they are coming. And so for us as a church, the question is, are we going to prepare for the tsunami that is coming not only to Texas, 
but particularly to our part of Texas. And so I hope we're praying. I hope we're listening. Most of this we don't need to study for 10 years and then decide to do something. We need to get on, we need to get on with it and begin to do whatever it is God wants us to do. So the question is, church, are we going to get ready or not? I love you and I believe in you and I believe your answer in your heart is yes. We are going to be ready for the tsunami of people that are coming to our world. Now, Father, whatever all that means, all the things that have been thrown out today, we don't really know yet what all you want us to do as a church, but we do know for certain that you want us to prepare. You want us to be ready to meet the challenge that is Texas, while at the same time responding to the challenge that is North America and the challenge that is our world. Father, that's so much for us to get our arms around. We need our arms to be longer. But what we really need is for you to give us peace and joy and comfort that comes from obedience for us to obey you step by step to do what you want us to do. So, Father, that is my prayer. And now to you, church, ask God what he wants you to do. And for those here who don't know Jesus, when we sing, will you come and place your hand in mine and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I'm ready to receive him. And a member of our staff will be here to pray with you. God, help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You come as we stand and sing. Are you in need of daily encouragement or want to learn more about First Baptist Belton? Visit our website at www.fbcbelton.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow and like today. Thanks for listening to today's message.